a quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Pinal. <laughs> hello, Jason. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. I cannot uh, sing. So no, you well, you could you could sing, and it doesn't matter if you sing out tune. What we did notice is, for example, Alida Solis, yeah. who who doesn't particularly sing in tune, but she's got an enormous character in her voice, and she okay. she sounds so lovely and sweet when she sings. Uh, so actually, singing in tune is not the important part. The important part is to have personality, character, <laughs> and charm. Yes. I, I don't want to ruin this now, and you ha don't have to cut it out. <laughs> Keep it like this. <laughs> right. Okay, on with the unedited ever episode. Everything is just co goes out as it goes out. Okay. We are live, and we're going to show some screens. I actually had a look in the CaliCube Knowledge Graph Explorer at your name and came up with mm -hmm. some interesting information, mm -hmm. one of which is, if we can show that first screen, is when I looked it up in the uh, Knowledge Graph Explorer, mm -hmm. With the accent, you get a place in the Knowledge Graph with CaliCube Tuesdays, as all the guests always do, because CaliCube Tuesdays always gets in the Knowledge Graph within five minutes of me posting the event. But then I started looking around your name, and I tried a different spelling. I took away the accent on the U, mm -hmm. the umlaut, as it's called, and the results in the Knowledge Graph changed significantly. If we can show that second screen. Mm -hmm. And we actually get the actress. Mm -hmm. And in fact, she doesn't have a dot on her eye either. And I mm -hmm. hadn't realized that you don't have a dot on your eye on the peanut. Mm -hmm. exactly. And I think uh, if we show the third one, we actually managed to get both of you in one result if you <laughs> remove all the accents. But Google is not very confident as soon as you remove the accents. And I think what I wanted to show there is that as English-speaking people, we tend to think that the accents don't really matter. But in fact, the knowledge graph is incredibly sensitive to these accents. The dot on your eye in Pina, which I've actually got on screen, and I'm now ashamed of myself, and <laughs> the umlauts on the U and Unsau. And you told me something interesting about the eye on the Pina. Why do, why do you use it, the dot, when in okay, fact you don't have one? Uh, well, actually, I don't mind that you write it like this because that's how I use it uh, most of the time in my life because I lived in, in Germany for... Uh, 25 years and it would be too difficult and too uh, like complicated to type it out or write it out always and explaining that it has to be written without a dot on the I and that's like uh, just very time confusing and but, then but that's how ironic in itself because mm -hmm. the German language has the umlaut and yeah, Germans obviously want the umlaut all the time but then they don't they, really get into the idea of not having a dot on the I yeah, because that's a Turkish uh, character. It is. It has nothing to do with German, like German. No, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. it was German. I meant that yeah, if, yeah, if yeah, you have accents means, yeah. in your language, you should care about accents in other people's languages. It, yeah, but the problem is, it gets complicated with some fonts. It's it's not right. a, a, a German thing. It's general international problem that with uh, most fonts, you don't, uh, you cannot really, or it changes like the way it's written. Then with the U, it, it gets it. it. It looks okay, but then when you take a different font, it really looks weird like and then you send something and suddenly your eye is with a question mark and yeah I get a lot of newsletters where I see put question mark nar and so I just stopped using the eye <laughs> right well I, I kind of I think kind of accents or accents mm -hmm. on letters are something that a lot of businesses don't think about mm -hmm. I mean I know in France for example at one point I couldn't enter my wife's name Veronique because it has an accent on the e in a French website mm -hmm. and an e with an accent is a French letter 
Mm-hmm. And what they'd done is taken some English written code or Brit- mm-hmm. like, sorry, English language written code where they didn't bother with the accents. Mm-hmm. And you simply could not submit the form with the accent on it, yeah. um, which is astonishing. So obviously even countries with or languages with accents don't pay that much attention. But the knowledge graph, as we just have seen, is yeah. very sensitive to them. And that's an incredibly important piece of information for anybody who's interested in CaliCube, which is my super duper tool for optimizing your knowledge graph presence. If you want to be in the knowledge graph, you've got to be careful with your accents, not your, hello, I have a very strange accent, <laughs> accents, but the accent on your letters. But that brings us nicely into cultural differences in digital marketing. Now, we talked to SEO Camp about this. Can you Give me an introduction of kind of where you're coming from, from this point of view, the idea that in different countries, we have very different cultures and we can't just translate content is what it comes down to. Yeah, of course. I mean, we talked about this at the, at the conference, but I think um, you can always talk about cultural differences in digital marketing because yeah. there's like so many companies, especially nowadays, that are trying to um, start a business uh, or sell their products in an international market. And then it gets interesting because they only think about, okay, what is working well in Germany, for example, what was working well in France, let's just do the same thing in Germany or do the same thing in Belgium. But then that there could be cultural differences, even though if the countries are really close to each other, it can be different payment method. It can be like you just had the example with the accents and the language is, is very, yeah. um, uh, it's not easy to really find the perfect translation and the localization for uh, your products that you want to sell in a, in a different market. And then you have to pay uh, not only attention to language, you also have to pay uh, attention to different religion, different holidays, yeah. different use of language. And then uh, something that is funny in, in Germany or in French uh, can be, uh, as you know, we had a lot of things around um, like um, Islamic jokes and stuff. And that really is nothing you should uh, joke about in, in a country uh, where you sure. where you want to enter. Uh, you know, there's these things that you should know, but it's funny well, that still people get it so wrong. <laughs> no, hundred percent. I mean, for for I'm 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 English by birth, brought up in the UK. Never really thought about other languages beyond the fact that I had to do French at school. Turned up in France and suddenly realised a that it's not just a different language; it's a different culture. And then you realise that going from France to Belgium, French people make jokes about the Belgians. Obviously, the Belgians speak French. Some of the Belgians speak French. Mm. If you if you start making Belgian jokes. Mm. in Belgium, in French, you're obviously never going to sell anything. That was the first example. The second one is Canadians. It's really interesting because Canadians moved, the French Canadians moved away from France like two or 300 years ago. Mm. And they've stuck with the original French language and they get really annoyed yeah. when you when you use modern modernisms, um, which I'm, I'm sure is a phenomenal problem for kind of Germanic countries, Germanophone countries mm. and Turk, is there a th- such, such a thing as a Turkophone country? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Good question. Sorry, excuse question. me. I don't know. Is, is, is mean, Turkish really only spoken in Turkey? Turkish is, is spoken in, in a lot of countries, but um, yeah, it has a, like a um, Hungarian, same language family uh-huh. as Hungarian, and like, you can speak it Turkish. Turkmenistan, Azerbaijan, and there's a lot of uh, countries that understand Turkish as well. They have like that different dial- dialects, uh, right. accents, but yeah, 
Yeah, it's, it's so, not I mean, most like not the most pop popular language after English and Spanish, maybe or Chinese. But then it's in the top. I think it's in the top ten. I don't have really the numbers, but that's a good thing. I'll look it up. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's in the top ten, but none of us had the dot on our eyes, despite that, which is <laughs> which is foolish. And in fact, in in English, we say to dot your eyes and to cross your t's, which is quite an interesting phrase in this particular context. But mm -hmm. onto the stories about kind of. Um, Cultural differences. You were telling me at SEL camp about a Pringles example, which I liked. Yeah, there's actually a lot of examples. So when you start looking around and you think, how can these marketing managers make such a huge mistake? And, uh, I think it was an example that Pringles wanted to launch a, a bacon flavor. Uh, and they just launched it in the month of the Ramadan. And um, if you know Muslim people, they don't eat bacon, and especially uh, yeah. <laughs> and launching a product in the month of Ramadan and a product that's made of pork is not really uh, a best-selling product in that month and <laughs> for the later months as well. And that, yeah. that's quite an extreme example. I mean, kind of, mm. you think that should yeah. be really obvious, but I think kind of with companies that kind of these things can slip through and it's idiotic and it's obviously very damaging yeah. to the yeah. company. Leaves a big cleanup, and a lot of companies, even Starbucks or I mean Burger King, Nike, they all the huge ones have made mistakes like this. Like they use a like a symbol, and then it was in uh, in Arabic. It it meant God, and it was in the back of a shoe. And then right. Burger King had it as a chocolate like kind of symbol, and then people were really upset about that, and and they didn't even realize that it was Arabic actually what they draw on it. So yeah, there's tons of examples like this, which was. Uh, and, and it's not paying attention to other people's culture and, and just thinking, oh, I can I can do what I want. Um, I mean, from an Anglophone, Englishy, personally point of view, kind of I think as a, a lot of English-speaking people tend to not be able to really conceive of the world from a point of view that isn't Anglophone and Western. Yeah, I think the problem is that if you don't do your market research well, if you don't, if you just go and, and use a tool and automatic, you know, you have all mm. the softwares that are translating a website in two seconds uh, into another language and, and you don't look over it or you don't have really a real human person looking at it, a local expert. Uh, let's say uh, we had this example of, of a, a bag uh, producer. He was selling leather jackets and bags and he had a clutch. Uh, as a bag and then he used this tool and it, in German it was then suddenly translated as the clutch of the car you know and it was on the website it was live and, and it was it just looked so funny if, if every person that knows German will just laugh at it and not buy the bag so there's tons of examples like this that you can come across if, if you know the person um, that is responsible of the marketing or digital marketing hasn't looked through it again or just used an autom autom automatic tool and didn't really localize it well or didn't look at different payment methods like in Germany, maybe they want to have a paper invoice and in, 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 in the Netherlands, it's a co something called ideal that everybody prefers to use. And if you just offer a credit card, maybe then that's not enough and people drop out um, of the basket and they're not buying your product. So this is something... Mm. You have to look at that. This has to do again with cultural differences because it's it's different way of uh, thinking and, and can, really can, can we come back to the invoices example and come back to the the, the, the thing of automatic translations? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of brands yeah. think, oh, this is going to save us lots of money. We don't have yeah. to pay somebody to actually do the translation or the adaptation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it ends up costing them a fortune because the example of the clutch is everyone's mm -hmm. laughing at the bag manufacturer mm -hmm. yeah. trying yeah. to actually 
get back that good client or audience mm -hmm. feeling, it costs a fortune. So it's it's a it's a false economy. Exactly. But uh, not only just like the simple um, translation. Okay, this is something you can fix. You know, I see it, I tell you, you fix it, no problem. But then again, if you say you have an e you're an e-commerce website and you're selling a fashion, you're a fashion brand and you're really good in the UK or in the US and then you want to enter Germany or France and then uh, you just use a translator to translate and not someone that is from SEO or content marketing. And that person doesn't really understand which keyword has the huge volume and which keyword has the potential because he's not using tools like uh, SEMrush or, or let's say the keyword tool and other tools as, as the Republic or something. So it's, it's funny then uh, you lose a lot of potential for, and then you need an SEO agency from that market that comes in and says, look, great translations, but, let me help you with that. And then they have to go through everything again. And then you change the descriptions and the title tags. Uh, so, yeah, that is another thing in digital marketing where lots of companies are, are missing out on huge potentials because um, there is no keyword research behind it. Right. Okay. So, I mean, kind of when you're translating mm. your site, you're not translating, you're adapting it to the actual language that people mm. use. You mentioned SEMrush. There's also SE ranking. Mm. Uh, Authoritas also do all this kind of thing. There's loads yeah. of tools out there that can, exactly. they can do it. But the danger is that you're not actually using somebody who understands what the, co what the keywords are that people are using. Mm, exactly. So, that is something that I want to just... Uh, address to to people that are trying to you know be successful in in new markets that they should you know not only think about their marketing budget in terms of oh i should do paid advertising i should do uh, instagram ads and facebook ads yeah maybe if that makes sense for for that country you should but you should also have a budget and a good budget that you know takes care of this localization and the language uh, topic and also um, if that country needs reviews, then you have to have people writing reviews about your products. And there's, you know, trust is a big uh, is a big topic as well. Besides all the translation and that the website works well. well and uh, and that, that's that's the point. Sorry, I mean, kind of obviously no, everything you said so far is basically cutting corners and trying to get there as cheaply mm -hmm. as possible. Mm -hmm. And the idea is actually to say to brands, you you have to invest. And one of those is that trust idea is saying, in one country we might trust. Yelp. In another country, it might be something else. And you were mentioning Istanbul. Why mm -hmm. uh, Yandex is so popular in Turkey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Yandex, is, it's a really interesting. That people ask me that a lot. They say, oh, yeah, how oh, come? Right. And why is that? Why is that that Yandex gets a... I've been wondering for years, so I, I'm taking the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> why does get does it get a part of the pie? I mean, after after Google is for, I mean, Google of course is is like ninety four percent or five percent, and then Yandex gets four percent of the market share right. for search. So it's impressive, and then you wonder, and then you realize why is that? Because Yandex has solved the problem. Um, of being lost in Istanbul, actually, they have a wonderful maps uh, tool. It's called Yandex Navi, and that has really done a great job in mapping all the addresses of Istanbul. So, uh, I mean, if there's like 15 million people in Istanbul, 10 million have it on their mobile phones, and uh, that gives you um, all the advertising opportunities for right. brands. They put like little billboards and little like sponsored ads and products on the map. And you say you can just change. Uh, you, they have all these petrol brands. Uh, you can change the route you're going because you need uh, you need to stop by somewhere. IKEA, for example, uses Yandex now. You say, oh, there is an IKEA. I go to IKEA. Yeah. 
Exactly. So it is a it is a good advertising tool, and that's why also uh, it has found a place and it has uh, been able to grow in Turkey. Yandex. Are you, are, are you saying that the the maps themselves are better, or just the way it all map or, or the way it all links together, and the fact that they can advertise better? Actually, than Google, are the maps better than Google? Yeah, the, the Yandex wow. maps is more popular and uh, better than uh, Google Maps at the moment. Um, I mean, you can ask anyone that you know from Turkey; they will all say which tool to use. Everybody will say Yandex Navi. Everybody. So that's uh, yeah. They just like you know, uh, have have uh, found a nice niche here in this chaotic city. And yeah, they've been able to scale their product and 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 uh, yeah, sell it to lots of advertisers. So there right. is people using the the pins and the you know little icons and yeah. Well, and I mean now now a question about Istanbul. Mm -hmm. You just yeah. said chaotic city. Is mm -hmm. it spectacularly chaotic? Um, at the moment, maybe because of the pandemic, <laughs> you should think it is good, but no, because Fridays, especially, it's a nightmare. And when you have to cross bridges from Europe to Asia or from Asia to Europe, uh, you can be stuck in traffic jam for hours and hours. So it is, uh, it's still traffic wise, it's chaotic. Like you plan your day, like earlier before uh, COVID. Uh, when we had a meeting uh, on the Asian side, because our offices is in the European side, we would like book half a day or even the full day to travel, you know, to go there, have the meeting wow. and come back and the full day is gone. So I'm very happy with online meetings. The so the, the, the chaotic aspect is not so much the lots of little streets with tiny little kind of houses and shops, but the fact that it's divided into two sides, one of yeah. which is in Europe and the other of which is mm -hmm. in Asia. Yeah. I mean, and Yandex solves that wonderfully because they show you alternative uh, ways to drive. So all the taxi drivers, everybody uses. So you, if you find a loop to go to all to to go faster from A to B, that's why it's uh, it's it's a lot better than uh, maps. Well, okay. Well, that, sorry, we've got off the cultural differences. I didn't. Okay. I didn't get paid by Yandex, but just say it's it's a good. Yeah, it's interesting. So, in uh, you should really, when you enter a market, really research which um, search engine is is good in that market. Really, you'd be surprised. I mean, who would th think that? Oh, maybe it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Me as a as a jeans brand, maybe I should advertise on Yandex because yeah, you have shops there, or you have something to to say, and then you can get uh, a, a niche. Yeah, I, I remember being told, uh, I think it was Kaniki Suzuki who said that in Japan, Yahoo is the most popular search engine, mm -hmm. but yeah. it's actually driven by Google. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. And you guess going, okay, so I actually don't mm -hmm. want to use Google. I, I'm looking at Yahoo, but the mm -hmm. results are actually driven by Google. So mm -hmm. that that's a significant difference that if you mm -hmm. miss that, you're yeah. lost. Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, that's... In Korea, I think there's also another one that is important, neighbor or neighbor. I never did something in Korea, but there's something like this. So you really have to look at the markets. Also, not just the search engines, also the social media usage and the mobile right. usage is totally different from market to market. So, for example, Germans may, might not spend that much time on social media than Turkish people do. They spend on average three and a half at the moment, maybe even four on social media and Instagram is really big here, uh, whereas in Germany uh, it's not uh, like the number one social media channel. So really like when you have a product or when you enter a market and then you say, oh yeah, that worked very well in, 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 in this country, it will work there as well. No, it won't. You know, if, if that's not the product, maybe it's a generation of uh, TikTok and, and the right. your product is good there. So you should 
you know, try these uh, platforms more for your social media marketing. Um, yeah, you really have to analyze and research uh, which, I mean, the market you're going for from, you can look right. at your analytics data and then, and then, you know, expand to that market and not waste, I would say, don't waste your budget uh, very early. Try experiment and try out things and, and, you know, have your website and your product ready before you really push the button to do, um, like, digital marketing activities. That would be nice. Right. And, and for that, a lot of them, so from a social media, sorry, I'm coming back to social media, yeah, can, yeah. Can, can we rely as B2B businesses that LinkedIn is going to be a good solution in pretty much every country in terms of social media? Or are there some countries where LinkedIn just won't work? Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn, uh, as, as far as I've read uh, lately, is good in, in most countries. In Germany, for example, there's something called Xing that has almost as right. many members as LinkedIn, even more. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, of course, the, the, the race will be won by LinkedIn. So it, if you don't use LinkedIn uh, for B2B, uh, then you lo you're losing out. But I saw, also think they have a lot with um, – oh, LinkedIn's banned in Russia. <laughs> they also have a lot of um, potential uh, now with all these live webinars, and, and you know you can use it for uh, streaming as well. So I think uh, LinkedIn will be very interesting to watch in the future. Um, mm. All the advertising, not just B2B, also B2C, there will be interesting things coming along. Uh, not in, you, know, you shouldn't just look into search and you should – have the full funnel and, and look at other channels and try it really. Uh, it's this time uh, that you should, uh, you know, everything goes more into digital marketing. So why not try out um, LinkedIn or TikTok or Instagram for your uh, advertising? Right. Okay. And so coming back to your example with invoicing and paying, I mean, uh, one thing I hadn't really thought about was the idea that people drop off if they don't see a payment method they're comfortable with or that they recognize. And you were talking about the Netherlands like a particular kind of payment system mm -hmm. uh, against Germany. I mean, um, payment systems are very kind of country specific. Yeah, exactly. They are. I mean, um, can't we just rely on credit cards? Everybody likes yeah. a credit card. If you look at the statistics, 72% say, oh, yeah, in Europe, is the most popular thing is credit cards. Yeah, that's true overall. But yep. if you go country-specific, then you will have uh, countries that is not their number one preference. And Germany, if you do business uh, in Germany, and most probably you'll, because people in Germany, they are the ones that are most open to buy internationally. So you should really look at that market and, and think what uh, German people would like to see as payment methods. I mean, if you want to solve it easily, you can use Amazon Pay and then you have all the payment options because in that account you can have your uh, not just credit card, you can also have invoicing and, and other payment payments. But what I have seen, what we know from our projects that um, – potential customers really want to see the option especially if it's a brand that they have never purchased from mm. the first time buying they don't trust it like they buy a leather jacket is 500 euros okay i'm gonna buy that with my credit card now Am, do mm. i know is it is it a real product do i know if it's not like you know it's stealing my credit card information is it secure sure. so if you have a the option and, and in Germany is still close to 50% that they would be preferring to have an invoicing or, you know, bank transfer option instead of credit card. Right. They use a lot of as well, but it's, it's, it's interesting. You would never think that if you don't, you know, uh, know that market before that you no. should use Klarna or Amazon Pay or other 
Shep, Shepa, I think, or Shepa, they call it, yeah. Ah, oh, huh? right, okay, credit. We've just shown on screen, in fact, Anton's mm -hmm. just found it, USA Credit, oh, yeah. Debit, PayPal Prepaid, Canada mm -hmm. Bank Card, PayPal Prepaid. And if we go down the bottom, we're looking at Costa Rica with e-wallets. Apparently, they like those a lot. And mm -hmm. in Colombia, Via Baloto and Dinero Mail, whatever mm -hmm. that might be. Um, in the but Netherlands? That is actually kind of incredibly interesting. From, from my perspective, I just go credit card, no problem. Uh, PayPal, if I, now, and that's the point. If I don't trust the brand, I was talking to Andrea Volpini mm -hmm. from yeah. Wordlift just before okay. about the mm -hmm. idea of trust in a brand. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you're right. If I don't know a brand, I will tend not to give them my credit card information. I will tend to choose PayPal simply because I know that PayPal won't share that information. And I mean, I don't necessarily think PayPal is the best thing in the world, mm -hmm. but it's a solution that I kind of, I feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So if you're not a trusted brand in a market, you really do need something other than credit card. Exactly. And Interestingly, just because you mentioned PayPal, they have pulled out of Turkey, so it's banned. Oh, so right. you cannot you cannot really pay uh, with PayPal in Turkey because it's fifty two percent of internet users in Germany use PayPal. That's yeah. stunning. Followed by invoices, twenty six percent debit or credit cards, twelve percent mm -hmm. direct debit, six percent cash on delivery, one percent. I would never do cash on delivery. I don't know yeah, why. That, actually, that is very popular in Turkey. Cash on delivery, they pay on the door. It's called paying on the door. So you go and when someone comes, you pay cash on delivery. We have it's very popular because right. actually all I, the people they love to see the product, touch it, and then pay cash. Right. Okay. Wow. And the, the other problem, of course, is that your neighbour could pitch up when you're mm. not there and just take the product and you've paid for it and never see it. But yeah, not everywhere is it's just like that. That the neighbour can take it for you. Yeah. But I mean, if they could actually take it and keep it was what was my point. I mean, we were having this discussion yesterday with my daughter. What happens if the neighbour keeps the product? And then <laughs> cash funny. on delivery suddenly becomes really interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the data is, is very different here. Like if you look at this, um, Hootsuite puts out a report every three months and then they do it at also per country and they you can see the different payment methods. Mm. And uh, there, for example, PayPal is not that high. Uh, it's still invoice is is, is uh, around the fifty percent or something. So I don't really know, but just to know if you do something in Germany, you should really have um, uh, a different uh, alternative there. Uh, Anton's gone completely nuts with the numbers here. He's now telling us 92% of online stores in the Netherlands offer Ideal as a payment method in 2007. Um, PayPal, Calamara, Afterpay, and credit cards were offered far less that year. So uh, Anton's searching desperately for all this data. I think we should throw some more at him because let's come back to social media because I, I like Twitter and LinkedIn. I don't like Facebook, and Instagram bores me senseless since I start, start stopped um mm -hmm. being a digital nomad with the covid situation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i should change my point of view shouldn't i if i really want to reach an audience in other countries yeah you shouldn't think about yourself what you jason prefer it really oh. is let's say you <laughs> have a product you have a product that is for young female fashionistas uh then yeah you should go for instagram or you have a younger population that could buy uh, it's a gamer maybe or something or mm. you know you should you should try uh, twitch or you know there's so many platforms that you should uh, try to to see which is uh, good for your market then for your product oh. 
If and what's the, what's the best way? Sorry, here's a, here's a question then. If I want to move into a new country, for example, Germany, I'm in yeah. France and I think, right, okay, I've translated my website or I've got it adapted. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm up there and I want to move in there. I want to know which social channels I should be focusing mm -hmm. on. Is it best to believe the numbers that you've been citing or to give it a go and try different social channels, see what works? No, I mean, first, you should really do your homework and look at all these uh, reports. They are out there. They're for free. And then you see really... Um, how how big your reach will be if you choose that certain social media channel. So from mm -hmm. that, you can kind of do the, you know, backwards, you can do the reverse engineering and think about, okay, what will be the CPCs or what should be my budget and what should I try out? Would I need to use an influencer thing mm -hmm. or, you know, um, it's, it's this that you first uh, have to get everything in front of you and then you really see the picture and it, it becomes clearer to you what you're and, using as a, as a social media channel first and if you of course you should have some experiment budget because what the numbers say is is a statistic from maybe three months sure. ago and suddenly it will be different so you should have a budget and measure everything uh and 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 try to see uh what works good for your service or what works good for your product and also your industry, obviously, it varies from industry to industry, and these numbers tend to be quite kind of general and global. And the other question, something just occurred to me, are there countries where influence marketing, influencer marketing simply doesn't work because it's a bit of a buzzword and people love talking about it, but are there, are there countries where that works more than other countries, where people listen to influencers more? Yeah, we've seen that. Like we have a customer that is um... – a fashion, a jeans brand, uh, a big one in, in Turkey, and the influencer marketing works wonderful here. Mm -hmm. uh, someone puts on a jeans, uh, runs around, makes some stories, and then suddenly that day hundreds of jeans are sold, and they do the same campaign and try it with a with a German influencer, and, and that was just like maybe 10, you know. So it, it is a huge difference, uh, and maybe it's even more expensive to use a, a German, and then the uh, ROI is not as expected. So, right. yeah. Of course, it, it really is something that you say, oh, yeah, I, I, I have to use this because it's a buzzword maybe in Turkey, but it might not work in the other in the other markets. Uh, so, yeah, it, you're right. I mean, it's it's a, sometimes you can discuss about that, about micro-influencers and influencers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but true I mean, social media buying, I like social media, the influence will be there and it's growing and um if we like it or not, it's, it's something where we have to be as a brand. Uh, doesn't have to be uh, paid advertising or doesn't have to be influence advertising, but you have to put your content sure. <laughs> somehow into these uh, channels because people uh, are, are searching your products and your brands uh, on, and they want to see your social media channels as well. So, right, uh, and and, and from yeah. from I mean, what I'm hearing here basically is for every market, I need a completely new strategy. Yeah, if you want to be successful, or you. <laughs> <laughs> so if I want to be lazy, I just throw the same strategy across the world, yeah, and I'm not successful. Yeah. And it's a waste of money. But if I want to be successful, I have to actually build a strategy per market. Yeah, and you have to build your brand. I mean, you are the brand soap guy. You know that. Like brand, brand is uh, if nobody knows your brand, and you can do advertising for millions, and nobody will really who's that. If you don't have like a strategy behind it and what you're communicating, how you should interact with uh, your customers in that right. market, it can be uh, expensive for you because like CPCs and in, in, uh, that's what most people do is, is oh let's just do some Google ads and Facebook mm. ads and it will I'll be selling, but 
um, that is not really the right strategy. And then you really become very dependent on these paid channels. Uh, wow. and you say, okay, I have to put more money because then I'm <laughs> selling. And, yeah, but if you don't, you know, do your homework in the background and if you don't uh, really invest in that brand and how it is, uh, you know, liked uh, in the market you are operating, uh, I mean, we see that with a, with a lot of brands, then uh, maybe they're really getting huge in, in the original market. But right, then yeah. the ones that you want to expand to say, what, how can? Because I have hmm. conversion rates in Turkey. They are 5%. Why, why don't I get these conversion rates? Because nobody really knows you. Right. And, and, as basic as that. I mean, yeah, no, sure, 100%. I mean, mm -hmm. for, coming back to the brand SERP guy yeah. thing, is yeah. one thing I'm stunned by is how different a brand SERP, when somebody searches your exact match brand name, how mm -hmm. different it is from country to country, from language mm -hmm. to language. Um, and that's also something to be taken into account. And it, it might even, and this is something I'm just thinking of now, the difference of your brand SERP could be a reflection in the difference in the way that your audience perceives you in that particular market and potentially a great insight into how well or badly you're doing. Mm, exactly. I mean, uh, like the reviews that you might have in, in one country uh, is wonderful and very positive. And maybe in the other one, because you have delivery problems, or other things, then uh, it shows up really badly for your brand then. And, and there's not so sure. much you, you can change it. About that. A, a, a lot of people will kind of search on their own browser, see those good reviews, those great results, and not think, well, actually, if I go and search in Germany, it's going to be completely mm. different. And it is completely different. I think people yeah. often fail to realize that. And one really quick trick is to actually track your brand SERP just to have a look, because it's one keyword in a tool like SEMrush or SE Ranking or mm -hmm. Authoritas. Mm -hmm. And you track that one keyword across all these different countries. And in terms of the number of keywords you're paying for within these tools, it's very little, but it does give you a great insight, just glancing at it and seeing how different it is into kind of how different these markets are perceiving you. Because mm -hmm. Google is reflecting through your brand SERP yeah. what the market in that, uh, sorry, what the audience in that market perceives you to be. Mm. Sorry, it. I'm getting a bit overexcited because it's a new idea. Thank you very much, Pina. <laughs> you're very welcome. Oh, and a classic case of wrong names like Mitsubishi Pajero oh, yeah. for Spanish. Oh, go on. Tell us oh. that one, Pina. You've obviously got a good story Oh, no, there. that one I don't know, the Pajero one. What does it mean? But I'm sure it's something. Well, I think it's brand names that have a different meaning in a country, and all of a sudden you get into trouble. Pajero and Mitsubishi. Maybe he, that person can tell us. I don't know what it means to translate it. I just remember when I saw that, I just remembered this um, gut milk. Are you lactating the one in, in South America? Have you heard about that one? No, it's tell famous, me. Do tell me. A nice famous, story to add. Famous, um, there's this famous commercial in the US, uh, a milk brand says gut milk. And there's this, I don't know who it was, a model or someone like having this milk and woo everywhere is, is milk flying around. And then they uh, did this campaign in, in South America and that, was translated wrong into are you lactating like gut milk are you lactating <laughs> so oh dear so right okay which is a problem got, of translation and then they got and they they got a lot of you know jokes and i'd say yeah, breast milk in your uh, coffee and things like this so <laughs> it's horrible horrible thing to do <laughs> i just remember that one but i wonder what means pajero now i don't i don't speak spanish well i, I think the point was that in fact it, Pajero is a bad word in Spanish, so I oh, hope no Spanish people are listening. Bad word. Okay. The, the, the point, I think, the point being that when you have a brand name, when you when you think about your brand name, you have to make sure that it makes sense in all the different languages, and that it's not a rude word in certain languages yeah. if you intend to become an international brand, yeah. which is fair point. It's fair point, yeah.
That's I mean, true. I had I had a client who spent absolutely months thinking up a, pro, uh, a product name, and in, in the end, what they did was find a, a um, completely un- unique and new word, because that way you avoid all the all of those problems, and it, mm-hmm. I mean, it made sure it didn't exist in any language, which is big research effort that they had to make to make that happen. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, no, concluding I mean, statement it's, from Pina yeah, about. Uh, these slang words is, is difficult. I mean, I'm, I'm always surprised how Google and Alexa or others figure it out, all these language uh, things. So, yeah, I mean, if you get a product and you Google it, I'm sure it, it has a meaning somewhere. So it's a big a big thing to do. Well, all, all of these uh, Google, Facebook, Twitter, they've all got linguists working for them. Yeah. And they, they have linguists who actually go through all of this stuff to actually figure it all out. It, it yeah. I think kind of we forget that there are human beings somewhere behind all of this. And then in order to get a machine to understand a language, you have to have a linguist to explain that language. Mm-hmm. And Google and the other machines, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, whatever it might be, are investing in the people power, if I might say, to actually adapt to the culture and the language of each individual market. Um, mm-hmm. And that might be the best example to follow then. Be like Google, invest to adapt correctly to each market you wish to enter because they make that effort and their results are accurate for that reason thank you very much Pina. that was delightful thank you very much jason already half an hour while that went well (laughs) (laughs) a quick goodbye to end the show thank you Pina. you won't sing back (laughs) thank you jason